I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show can i get you a blanket or anything uh another pillow for your back uh i'm fine how are you good uh, am I ready for this? Okay. Are you? Are you spiritually ready? Am I spiritually ready? See, here's the question. You know, how can we be ready at all when we weren't actually going to record an episode? Yeah. So we might as well record because it's... If if you walk home right now, you'll be a, a drusicle. Yes. Um, and I don't even think the door can open anyway. Yeah, it is. This is a nice, a nice old snowstorm. Yeah. Like we used to have back in the day. Yeah, remember? And you had to walk uphill to school Burr. both ways. I feel like I can just see the snow going by the window. Yeah. And uh, uh, all I can think is I'm glad we have these um, whiskey-laced drinks. Oh, yeah. That's always, that's always nice. What do you need when it's, when it's snowing outside? Uh, a fire, some whiskey, books. <laughs> uh, yeah. Only instead of a fire, it's just a candle. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah do uh i took um so you saw me do this but i'm gonna tell them um celestial seasonings has a has a flavor called sugar cookie sleigh ride it's just so many words that sugar mean so cookie many things sleigh ride. <laughs> Uh, and I put that in the bottom of a cup um, with, instead of sugar, I put some mini marshmallows. Yeah. And then whiskey. And uh, really, the blanket of mini marshmallows is just like uh, just like last episode. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do it for coffee now, too, during the season. Really? Yeah. Well, that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the cocktail that we're drinking in this, ep- I don't know, blizzard blizzard sewed i'm trying to make it into a portmanteau it's not working yeah it's okay you need i think you need blizzard sewed the blizzard sewed you know yeah snow is snow is sewed snow is sewed is nice that's nice this is the snow is sewed yeah i wish we'd had the foresight to bring on have someone else trapped here with us yeah yeah um not because i don't uh enjoy your company but you know i just don't enjoy your company This is going to turn into misery real quick. Um, the State of Being or the Stephen King novel? Stephen King novel. So many, so many, so many damn books. I don't know. I feel a little lost. What are we supposed to do 
what do we usually do? I guess we talk about a book. Should we talk about... I mean, we were both reading... Uh, okay, I made you read. Oh, the um, the L. Frank Baum. Mm-hmm. The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. So this was my first trip to Oz, uh, literarily. Wait, for real? Yeah. Uh, I've never, I appreciate I've never the fact, been too, to... that you, you knew that it is an outlying county of Oz. It is, of course. Yeah. I, I, I got a, a real strong Discworld vibe or, a, um, you know, there was just huh. like a lot of reference to the, the creatures and, and, and animals of Oz. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. So you have a history. You, you know Oz. I do. I know this book, too. My mom uh, bought me a copy of this book that was published by uh, a Borders imprint hmm. a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I read maybe 10 or 12 of the Oz books when wow. I was a kid. Yeah. So, okay, coming back to it then, as an adult, how does it feel? Uh, a little frivolous. <laughs> Not in a bad way. But, you know, as a, like, as a kid, I remember sort of reading this and being like, ooh, this is cool, like Santa Claus exists in Oz and all these. And this, you know, I read it in the space of like two hours and I was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's sweet. It's a, uh, it's funny that they call it the adventures of Santa Claus because it's he, he. There is no adventure, yeah, at all. He literally is found in a, a glade by a um, forest wood nymph, uh, and then the the master woodsman of the forest, Ak, um, Ak. How are you? Ooh, it doesn't really matter. Ak. Yeah, uh, he. Uh, <laughs> He says like it's okay for her to to mother this child, and um, when he gets old enough, he decides to leave home and he makes his home in the Happy Valley, not the North Pole. Yeah, that and was an interesting. The thing. Laughing Valley. Yeah, it's it's you know. But that was the only part of the lore that was not included, um, or I guess there weren't really elves, but there was so many I magical. Think, uh, yeah, the little like sprites who help him out. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the real, and there's yeah, there's no um. There's no Mrs. Claus. There's no Mrs. Claus. I really thought what's her name? The, the Baron's be- daughter was going to be Mrs. Claus. Uh Betty Bethesda or something like some alliterative goofy ass name. Uh, it's a goofy book, but I I um the my favorite part was how first of all, he's like a viral meme um that everyone talks yeah. about. And then I think the origin story cuz so he's got origins for everything. Um the it goes through like he why he likes to make toys for kids and the first toys he made were were cats wooden cats oh yeah and then uh but my favorite origin story was why we hang stockings and it was just because he uh first of all he's already breaking into houses because uh, there's a moment too where they're like we just have to be better burglars now that there are less chimneys and i was like wait for real yeah that was a there's a there's some funny stuff there um (laughs) there's some funny stuff uh, but yeah, it was it was that these kids, you know, they'd they'd had their literally their stockings hung up because they'd come in from making snowmen. Yeah. And uh Claus is so grateful that he doesn't have to go find the children's rooms and put their toys with them. He's like, Oh, I see some kid socks. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, running down Santa Claus Lane. And uh, the other thing that I really liked about this book was um the naughty or nice um oh yeah dichotomy is blown to pieces yeah where uh you know 
Claus knows that it's difficult to be to be a good boy all the time, a good boy or girl. So uh, he doesn't he doesn't actually have that. You know, you don't get a present if you've been naughty. Yeah. He actually says like, no, everybody is deserving. It there's there's a nice um, Aussian thing, you know, of like everybody has goodness inside of them. Mm. Is Uh, that like a, a theme that they always work with? Well. Or there are creatures of unadulterated evil, which there are in this book. Yeah, the Aguas. Yeah. Uh, you know, and in the bomb books, like... There is sort of a strange, I'm, I don't know, Battle of Helm's Deep or something like a yeah. like a sudden break off into Lord of the Rings enormous fight scene. Yeah, except it takes place in like two and a half pages and at the end, sort of Lemony Snicket style, he's like... I'm dreadfully sorry that I had to report this to you, but it was part of the history. So now let us move on. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think, you know, the L. Frank Baum was a progenitor of the Lemony Snicket style. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun to think about. This is, you know, it's like a little gift. It's like a, it's a gift wrapped present. Yeah. To to put on while you're um wrapping presents, really. Yeah. Oh. This is this is prime Christmas wrapping present time. Listening. Yeah. Yes. Sandwiches. Sandwiches? They make me think sort of of the the modern tendency towards um like a shared universe across mm-hmm. books. In a good way. Uh, right. There are so, stories that have nothing to do with any character you've ever heard of. But then he also, like, Santa Claus appears and I think it's the road to Oz. What's really interesting is there are random, like, you remember when Santa showed up during this one thing? It's mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I know that? Yeah, and that doesn't sound right to me. It's a it's a reference to a book. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of intriguing. Yeah. Christmas sometimes inspires great art, mm-hmm. but it also can inspire just the the dumbest. <laughs> um, you only have to go to the Hallmark Christmas Channel uh, oh. during this time of year to see the sort of schlock that it can uh, yeah. bring out. Not that that stuff isn't also wonderful in some ways, but um, yeah, I, I, I've I've definitely been partial to the Christmas episode of of television shows there's there's some a million in the canon that are great um but i i i haven't really clicked over and and wanted to read a bunch of stuff actually christmas books um i still think of 2 a.m at at the cast pajamas yeah as one of the finest christmas novels and i'd love to know maybe you listeners can tell us some of your favorite books that just take place around christmas oh yeah absolutely that aren't necessarily about you know the origin story of why we wear clogs or whatever yeah it's kind of weird other holidays have i feel like a a bit more literature that sort of just happens to happen around halloween or love stories around valentine's day but christmas it's like uh pretty much jesus Uh, a christmas carol or bust maria helene bertino can't be the only person who has has set something around christmas just for funsies yeah or it's just because it's uh it's an emotionally fraught time (laughs) hold on 
Do you hear that? Yeah, that's the... It's not even my doorbell. <laughs> that's that weird. Yeah. Is it somebody out there in this? God, I hope not. Well, I'm going to go see who it is. All right. Oh, my gosh. Well, hi. Oh, my gosh. It's it's Uli Boiter Cohen. Welcome. Thanks for coming by the library. This is amazing. You've braved the blizzard and the cold to... to to show up on our doorstep today you guys <laughs> you guys this it was is, rough it, it's rough out there it's really rough out there i'm here though i'm here yeah and we're so glad you made it um uli you perhaps you already know what you do but the people out there might might not and they should know yeah you are the um the editor and uh the founder of subway book review which is one of my favorite Instagrams in the whole wide world. Oh, from day one, too. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, you were also the editor of another publication. Yes, um, co-creator. Co-creator, coming mm-hmm. out soon. Eye level. Correct. But we'll get to, we'll get to the, that in a minute. Wonderful. Ugh. I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, well, you know, we're kicking, you, uh, we're kicking up our feet here. Kicking up our... Yeah, what that's what... We are. Feet are kicked up. Up on the house top. Click, click, click. Uh Uh-huh. Sorry. Down through the chimney. And it's a cocktail. called sleigh ride we're switching up from that whiskey thing we we're having earlier to uh something new this is um you uh you uli actually told me once that she loves a cur royale oh which is a lovely drink yeah um, it's, it is any champagne cocktail you can get me to do anything with <laughs> through a snowstorm anything anything promise me a champagne cocktail i will be i'll be there well, this one is um, instead of uh, whatever it might be that you put in a Cure Royale, a Chambord, or this Cassis. Is, Cassis. This actually I did a Creme de Violette. And I also put in a little bit of uh, Celestial Seasonings does that sugar cookie sleigh ride. And so I made some simple syrup with it as well. Gotta use up because yeah, it's not good. It's a limited <laughs> use tea, really. <laughs> yeah, it's not something that you're like, oh, it's June 3rd. <laughs> I'd love a sugar cookie sleigh ride. Um, I, actually, I might. <laughs> yeah, I love that. that it's monochromatic. Oh. Very, very much appreciated. Yeah. For well, the black and white photography woman. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. So that's where that's what we're sipping on, and um, you know, warming up by my um, electrical heaters because yeah. I don't have radiators in my apartment. Yeah. This is. I mean, it is Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn. So, <laughs> now that we have um, a guest in our mixed midst, which again, incredible that you came through, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, starting Subway Book Review? How did this amazing project come about? Yeah. And maybe you want to tell people what, what it is, and uh, you might be better at summarizing the, the mission statement. The mission statement. The about. Yeah. <laughs> Subway Book Review started in 2013 when I had first moved to the city. I was on the West Coast for a long time and I'm originally from Germany. So upon coming here, I had really just this own mission for myself because I knew 
things will become very daily life very quickly. Mm. And so I wanted to very much pay attention and have my eyes and ears open. And with that mission in mind, it became very clear to me, um, having a background in interviewing all kinds of people, regular people, celebrities, all kinds of people, uh, which I had done on the West Coast, um, that I wanted to continue doing that. And uh, I was like, where can I talk to these people? Mm. New Yorkers are very busy. <laughs> they don't want to talk to people. Uh, where are they trapped? No, that wasn't quite it. But, uh, it occurred to me that uh, the subway seemed like such a, this might sound funny, but like a serene place in a way because you're in this silver, uh, in this little silver bullet shooting through the underground of New York City. No one can go anywhere. And um, Shooting, it might be even a little faster than they ever go. Yeah, well... <laughs> slowly moving through <laughs> yeah, the yeah, underground yeah. of New York City. Crawling through centuries old tunnels. Yeah, Stopped sure. <laughs> for maintenance reasons. Uh, but, uh, you know, it. I saw how many people were reading printed books and being a bookworm and a book oh. lover, just I, naturally. Doesn't it fill myself. your heart a little bit with jo- just, just seeing them, even before talking to someone that has, a, I'm just, when I, ha- when I see more than two books on my subway car, <sighs> I'm yeah. just like, Dream. I'm, I'm on a good one. Yeah. Yeah, here's there are some good people, people that get around. It. Yeah, <laughs> there's also the fun thing of like when it, everybody's reading the same book, or, like when yeah. the big book is going around. It's kind of sort of happened this year with the Underground Railroad. It happened to me with the Goldfinch. Like I would walk onto a subway car and there were two or three other people oh, reading that book. Every car I got onto, I love that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I I noticed that how many people were holding these fabulous books, and I thought, oh, that what that could be a really great icebreaker. Let's try that out. Mm-hmm. And then I also had a bit of a theory that I wanted to test, which was that New Yorkers, you know, our status symbols aren't our cars and our houses. Well, for some lucky ones, but you know, the, we really describe who we are and what kind of life we live by what we have on us. And mm-hmm. I wanted to see if the books were a bit of an identity piece, mm. um, or maybe even carried like an accessory. Um, and, uh, that theory I've been testing for the last three years and I can report that it's true <laughs> that, uh, the book that people are reading certainly reflects their life. Mm. So I would say in a nutshell, subway book review is a project where I talk to strangers on the subway about their book. Sometimes someone who I invite specifically on the subway, uh, because I'm just curious what that New Yorker might be reading. Like the first lady of New York city, Sherline McRae. Mm with two security details met me on the subway wonderful wow. woman wonderful what was she experience. reading uh she had just started a book club for gracie mansion yeah hmm. she was reading bright lions by tanweed oh, cool. nandini islam oh interesting yeah mm-hmm. that would have been a cool book club it like like what are the responses that you get from the normal because as you say new yorkers very busy often tend to uh see any intrusion into their space as sure and sometimes when i have my book out that's my sign itself to be like yeah i'm this is what i'm doing right do not disturb (laughs) sign is up (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it happens instead of saying do not disturb it says you know, Lost Time Accidents by John Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, 
the older New Yorkers are super happy, actually. They, many told me we used to talk on the subway all the time, and now hmm. people have their headphones in and don't even make eye contact anymore. Thank you for asking what I'm reading and why. Mm. Um, so they kind of dig it. And then the young generation's like, how many followers do you have? <laughs> yes, let's do this. Um, all jokes aside, I do believe you know, it's a little bit of an anticlimactic answer because I think that 80 to 90% of the people that I approach randomly um, talk to me very happily, which I think people have such an image of New York, you know, that people are grumpy and occupied and self-important. I don't find that to be true. I'm also relentless in my approaching. So, you know, I think uh, you just put it out there and you see what comes back. Do yeah. you still get that like sort of frisson of, of excitement before you go and talk to somebody? Oh, Every- yes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sometimes it's a little bit like stage fright. It depends on the day I'm having. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see stage fright. That makes sense. Yeah. Have you, have you seen any seasonal changes? In, uh, in in book mm. in book reading you know because I know in summer people often turn to summer reads whatever mm-hmm. that means like the latest mystery or something um, and in winter you know the long literary novels come out and there's like end of the year book lists which we've even added to yeah um, and I'm just curious if you see see any um, adherence to, to seasons yeah I mean you know 2016 what a year right I mean Whoa. we all <laughs> Uh, we don't yeah. need to, over. Uh, we don't even need to get, go into details because we all know we all have feelings about it, um, especially the creative and artistic and book loving, uh, you know, people mm. of New York and out there in the world. I'm sure feel similar as we do. Yes. Um, but I would say seasonal, sure, for sure, for sure. What I found to be true in 2015 and 2016 is that I saw a tremendous amount of books that were read around identity. Hmm. And then kind of like the subheaders for identity were feminism, race, family. Oh, wow. Wow. So what, what, so I'm get like, uh, between the world and me, Ta-Nehisi Coates, that type of. Yep. But also, um, you know, I love Dick. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Um, Eileen Miles, um, all those, all those good ones in terms of like straight up, you understand someone's reading that book. Surely it's about feminism. Get mm. it? But then we also, you know, there, there was a book um, that someone was reading in Cold Blood, right? By Capote. Uh-huh. But he was reading that in direct relation to wanting to wonder and inquire within himself about um, po- police protection about police brutality and race relations. Oh, wow. And I thought that was really interesting. So even classics came out. And then when I asked people, why are you reading this? The question or the answer was... um, To better understand within... What's happening right now. Yeah. Wow. I thought that was great. One that was just so super on the pulse was a young man named Luke. And he was reading the history of white people. And I talked to him on... And posted his post that day on mm-hmm. July 3rd. And then on July 5th, Alton Sterling was shot. And on July 6th, Philandro Castile was shot. Yeah. So huh. it is a pondering and a picking up of books that occurs that is really part of pop culture, sure. 
classics are read for many reasons and then t the timeliness of it is just mind-blowing it's fun to think too that it is happening across so many of us mm. like i find that i do it sometimes where i'm like oh this thing has just happened and like what am i going to read next and i'll look at my shelf and find something that feels like it's going to speak to that moment mm -hmm. but it almost happens on a semi-conscious level mm -hmm. and it's cool to realize that it can be that happens with a lot of people. unconscious too yeah mm -hmm. wow and then of course you know you saw elena ferrante all over the place <laughs> oh yeah the book that i saw the most this year that I was this I saw... year's donna finch was it really all over i i saw a um a stat five and a half million copies sold wow of the Neapolitan uh, saga. Most to people traveling on the New York subway system. Yeah. <laughs> it seems. Wow. That's, that's great. That's the other really beautiful thing about novels all around is that they're, for, they're, they're forever, regardless of whether you've missed the moment, if you miss the time to read Homegoing when everyone else had it on the train, you can you're gonna still tap into that moment when you when you read it. You'll be reading those same words as as anybody in these New York subways. Yeah, I think that train reading is very honest in that way. And that's why that's what I love about Subway Book Review the most is that it's not about critics. It's not about being on trend. It's people reading what they honestly want to read mm -hmm. and then telling me about why they have chosen that book at that moment in time. Mm. Mm. Are there things, are, have there been recommendations that you have then been like, well, and I'm going to go pop into the strand and pick this up right now? Yes, totally. One was E.B. White, Here's New York. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I, I, I also put that right in my queue after the Subway Book Review post about it. Which is just so wonderful. And then you have the, and then of course you have the total non-traditional, never would have expected kind of books plenty mm. on the subway as well for example alonzo who's a bus driver in upper manhattan and he was reading the spanish dictionary and i was like why is this man reading the spanish dictionary and underlining things and like saying things back to himself and when i spoke to alonzo and that's still one of my favorite stories today is uh you know, he was reading that because he is a bus driver and he said that he wanted to help his customers better. And wow. he is serving a large Spanish speaking population. So he wanted to pick up some basic Spanish to help them out. Those are the kind of things, great. you yeah. know, totally unexpected. Couldn't have made that up. And I love that. That's what I live for. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's so cool. So tell us, tell us about this, this, um, this other project of yours, uh, I level. level. Yeah. It's, um, it seems really exciting. Yeah. You know, I level is a co-creation by Caroline D'Onofrio and myself. Caroline is an author and editor in her own right. She used to be at Penguin. So people may know her from those times. Mm. Um, and myself, and we came together because we felt that while, Projects that are led under own guidance are very, very fun. We wanted to join efforts and create a literary love letter that lands in your inbox only twice a month mm -hmm. and is short and precise and beautiful, not too highbrow, 
kind of like you know mm -hmm. i level height like right there <laughs> with you level um and uh that featured some really fun things that make our literary lives more fun it's like cool. a very editorial feature readers from the community things that we're really into things that we happen to be reading classics non-classics weird books about who knows what um and to keep it very simple and then to create a community around that for the people who want a little more context from both of us around our lives or um so you know keeping it personal mm. and uh yeah kind of wow. lovely yeah that's lovely sounds... and badass i hope uh, yeah that yeah. sounds that sounds really um fantastic it it hasn't it hasn't started quite yet though correct it's it's launching in january 2017 ah 2017 my goodness bring it on yeah let's do this let's, <laughs> let's start it with an eye level newsletter and and hopefully that that is one of the one of the things that ramps it up into a much better but year i thought i'd ask you just the same what are you doing We, we haven't done... I mean, this is a great... This is a weird episode. Yeah. I mean, it's just because... I mean, there's a blizzard on. Yes. Um, uh, and maybe my brain got frozen because I forgot to... We forgot to do What'd You Buy. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, we should talk What'd You Buy, don't you think? Yeah, totally. Um, Let's talk about buying. It's the Christmas season. It, Tis oh, the season. Isn't it just... So, Drew, do you want to start us off with sure. what you bought? Um, I would recommend that anyone who will be receiving uh, Christmas presents in my family fast forward through the next 30 seconds. In unless you just want your Christmas spoiled. Uh, well, it's listen, This is the, we're rolling the dice. At this point, fast forward through like the next minute. Um, I picked up The Love Song of Johnny Valentine uh, by Teddy Wayne, our old friend Teddy Wayne. Our old friend. Uh, and both books of Sloane Crosley's essays. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, I was told there'd be cake. And how did you get this how number? How did you get this number? Yeah. Uh, and those are, you know, every year I try to think of something um, specifically for my sister and for my girlfriend that'll feel like fun things. Like they don't have to be super present topical, mm. but they will have something to do with uh, what they're thinking about over the course of the year and both of these they just feel right this year i am proud of myself is what i'm saying i'm yeah, patting myself you should on the be, back you should be very proud let me I ask you a question back. about um gifting books yeah do you have to have read them is that something you feel uh most of the time you're nodding your head uli do you feel like you have to have read them to give them to somebody kind of yeah or at least know the author so well but yeah. no I, I think but then they can still be a dud right and then you're like we all have such limited time it's like yeah. what if it's just really bad what do you do then well see i uh, i have i've purchased books that i'm just like ooh that sounds good if i were my dad mm -hmm. you know like and, and i am not necessarily ever going to read it myself but i feel like yeah that would be something that he would pick up for himself or 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 for my sister truly um i 
Yeah. Although I did just find out that the book that I bought for her last year has gone unread. So. Well, but also that's always the thing. There are plenty of books that I've been gifted that have gone unread through various circumstances. I literally have an entire Billy bookshelf of books I haven't read. Yeah. Put them on the stoop. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's stoop books. Put them on the subway. Do you want to talk about something you bought? A couple of things you bought? Sure. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What did I buy? Okay. What I what I recently got into is Muslim Girl mm. by Amani, who has the Muslim Girl blog. Mm. As a fellow digital person going book, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But I also think super important, especially right now, to understand the Muslim experience in America. Totally. Highly recommend picking that up. My parents sent me a book because they keep sending me German books. Bless their souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, they keep my German book supply <laughs> fluid, liquid running. Um, they sent me a book by one of my favorite German authors uh, called Juli C. I think there's also books available by her in English. But she just published something called Unterleuten. And it's, a, um, it's an account of uh, social responsibility and activism and how activism stops when we no longer profit from it which is very Mm. interesting yeah also particularly timely very timely and then one another one that i just recently got is the magic of reality by richard dawkins oh and my husband and i read chapters of that book uh from that book before going to bed to each other oh that's cool because we need to learn about these stars in the clouds and why the sky is blue. <laughs> Ideally from a scientist and atheist, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Famously atheist, Richard Dawkins. Um, yeah. Those sound great. What about you, Christopher? Uh, I, um, I've, been tr- I've been trying mightily to slow down book buying for myself. I will say I just downloaded um, Mr. Monkey by... Um, Francine Prose. Thank you, Drew, by Francine Prose. How did that... I, I just kept thinking monkey, monkey. I just monkey, watched you just monkey. go totally blank. <laughs> by, by, by the monkey. There's monkeys involved. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's apparently it's about putting on a musical starring a monkey. Um, a children's musical, I believe. Yeah, so I, so I downloaded the audio book because I feel like that's going to be some fun um, <laughs> performances. And I also... I, I was we were sent and this wonderful book from um from w uh william morrow uh searching for john hughes by jason diamond oh jason diamond we love him his memoir about being infatuated with john hughes movies and and finding his own identity through them and it sounds it's getting lovely reviews and uh, i'm excited to check it out you know i've never seen the breakfast club Really? What? How did I? It's on all the time. How did I miss this movie? How were you like not home sick from school one day and it like just didn't happen to watch? Just it? didn't happen. Cheers. I, I'm looking Cheers. forward to the filmed version of our show someday. And we just every time we mention a book and then get rid of it, we just throw it across the room or across <laughs> the stage. That'd be fun. Next. 
Um, I would like to vandalize these shelves. They're very full of books. It'd be very fun to just throw them over. <laughs> oh, they, that would be that would be fun. Another fun thing would be to talk about um, recommendations. This is a nutty episode. Yeah, that's all over the place. Actually, I want to just recommend a book um, that. And maybe we can just talk about it because I recommended it to you and you read it. Yeah. And and now we're both recommending it to you. Now we both recommend this amazing book to you. Please. Um, It is, I guess it could be a book that you, a casual listener even might think is tailor made for me. Um, I certainly did. (laughs) It's a, it's this incredible um, new book called Tree of Treasures, A Life in Ornaments by bonnie mckay put out by penguin (laughs) and it is truly and honestly an account of she has a collection of over three thousand christmas ornaments wow and uh she has actually lived a life where she has designed ornaments for moma design Mm -hmm. and bloomingdale's and has designed um particular christmas trees displays all around new york city and this is her just randomly choosing important ornaments from her collection and telling the story of where they came from or who they remind her of or, or who, what part of her career she was at. So it's truly a memoir told through ornaments. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautifully photographed too. But like the ornaments are, and you see them and you're like, Oh, I bet I know what that feels like. Or like, Oh, that reminds me of an ornament that I have. It, yeah. They always say that, um, like an, a museum card, it says yeah. the, um, the material it's made out of and also the actual inches in size since they had to fit them to the page. Each ornament that she describes is photographed and in a facing page. It's a gorgeous book. If you like your Christmas tree at all, (laughs) I mean, I want to just, uh, I want to read this little, little tiny little bit from it. Um, that I think is indicative of how Bonnie McKay thinks about ornaments. Once the tree is up, I like to have people discover it by walking around, pointing, and sharing what they see. Everyone asks lots of questions, so I plan a traffic pattern of starts, progressions, and thoughtful stops. My goodness. She, she has six, Bonnie! <laughs> she has 67 ornament classifications. Oh, please tell us oh, some. Oh, they're ridiculous. Please um, tell us some. Dolls. Clothespins. Wizard of Oz. Tin- the whole section of Wizard yeah. of Oz. Pause. <laughs> Rabbits and Royals. Good Witches. <laughs> okay. Wait, I'm still Hang on, on. Rabbits and Royals. Let's get What's weird happening now. in Rabbits and Royals? <laughs> There's a whole section of alpacas. <laughs> yep. Hearts and Minds. Bob to me. Whatever the fuck that means. Well, her hu- her husband name is Bob. Oh, they are oh those are God. gifts that from Bob to her. Wait, better B and B, pig and bunny. Yeah, what? What? I don't know. Angel, and that's actually angels has subheadings of country, craft, and formal. <laughs> A formal angel, yeah. Zach Posen. I hope you're listening. <laughs> and then she also has um, butterflies mu- are free. But- no, they're not. <laughs> And then there's mutant materials, which um, I think is a funny, it's, it's things like uh, she has a Lego Christmas tree yeah. ornament in here and she puts that, or a, there's also a 3D printed plastic one 
that she talks about. I think about it sometimes, though, in the way that, you know, as 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 one who has reshelved his books many times by different classifications just to de-stress over the course of an evening, um, how, like, what qualifies one thing into this category versus into it because it it can't they can't all shake out that yeah. easily <laughs> only yeah what if you get like an angelic bunny you know or what, what if you have like a llama oh where does, does that a go llama into go? alpacas because you're like well close enough or if you find out suddenly that this alpaca was just like it was a llama or it was a giraffe with a lot of hair or something what do you do right she has wizard of oz and film so how Ruby, the ruby slippers what are you gonna do does that not film and yeah these are these are these are questions for bonnie i have a funny <laughs> feeling that bonnie is up at night wondering about these very questions <laughs> <laughs> it's such a delightful book um i was reading it in all sorts of different places but one thing that was fantastic is i would find a christmas tree not far away um in any of the places that i was i was reading this book Uli, will you tell us about do you do you have a Christmas tree up in your in your home? Oh my goodness, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a recent Christmas tree discovery. Oh, yeah. oh. I would love to you share have a with story. You. Okay, please do. <laughs> if I may. So in German tradition, obviously, you know, certain families, most families who are Catholic or Protestant, they get a tree. And we get them late. So we get them, you know, on the 22nd, right around this time, a few days before Christmas, and then they go up. And then they stay into January. So I was very surprised when my dear parents called me on November 22nd and said, check your WhatsApp. I'm very proud of my mother that she can use WhatsApp. <laughs> shout out, mom. Shout out. And said, check your WhatsApp. We have sent you a photo. And, and I said, really? That's quite unusual. Let me look. And I looked at it, and it was also a very unusual tree. It's, it wasn't even a Christmas tree. It was more like a bush, you know, like a, mm -hmm. like a needly bush that was very tall and very slender. And they had strung lights around it, and it was in a bucket. <laughs> and I was like, why? Where? What is happening? You're way <laughs> too early. This is not actually a Christmas tree. It's a needly piney bush. It is in a bucket. Where did you get this? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, kind of like dragging their feet, not really wanting to be forthcoming with this information. They said, well, it had to be cut down. Oh, they stole it. And I said, well, <laughs> really, tell me more. Because this tree is growing nowhere in your garden. Where did you cut it down from? And they said, well, do you remember the little tiny piney needly bush that we planted on grandfather's grave three years ago? It got a little big. Whoa. No. And it just, you know, German cemeteries have tight regulations. Apparently, this thing had to come down. So this year, my grandfather is our Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. But that's, he loved. That's you know, beautiful. It is because he loved Christmas. Like mm. favorite thing ever. And he, him and I were very, very close. And we would spend hours just sitting under Christmas trees. And it was our favorite time. And like, you know, he would help me peek at gifts and shake them. And like, so I am so excited. And I actually, <laughs> um, you know, I'm spending some days in Germany. And uh, I will see my grandfather, the Christmas tree live. And I just, you know, I can't wait. Can't wow. wait to have another Christmas with him. Jeez, Bonnie McKay, eat your heart out. <laughs> 
Shit. <laughs> like, wow. Sorry, Bonnie. That's that's amazing. That's really beautiful. Discarding w- of this will be quite tricky. Yeah. Does it need to be recremated? <laughs> Where oh. does it go? You know, what do you do with it if Wait, anyone has so suggestions? Is is it it's cut down, it's not alive. Yeah, I was like, didn't couldn't you dig it out? They were like digging in a grave. Digging. Really can't do that. <laughs> I really I'm can't. just imagining like in the middle of the night, like, okay, quick. <laughs> get get, get grandpa. Yeah, no, it was but also sawing a tree off a grave, also awkward. Also awkward. I no, feel like there's no easy way to have done <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to remove, to, to do tree removal in a graveyard. But they have done all kinds of interesting. My mother has an interesting relationship to graves. She also, um, she has found truffles on this grave mm, that wow. she gave also all neighbors of my parents. Please skip 30 seconds forward. <laughs> she found so many truffles on that grave one year that she, she had a truffle overload. She gave them away to neighbors. Wow. That's incredible. So there's all kinds of things going on in this grave. I can't wait. Hopefully enough that eventually I might pull a bonnie. I might collect these memories. That's she she My recommends grandfather's grave. <laughs> she recommends um I, I think it's Mackay actually. But um it bo- like like Nelly. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Uh she uh she actually recommends you doing this yourself. Like tell the stories of your ornaments. Hmm. Um and uh I think that's a really beautiful sentiment to share. Do you have anything for the good people before we get out here of a recommendation for them to check out? You know, speaking of E.B. White. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um, I just came across a book called The Women Who Made New York by Julie Skelfo, I believe is her last name. Mm -hmm. Cool. And uh, she categorized, speaking of categorization, like Mm -hmm. Bonnie, uh, she categorized, you know, the the icons, the builders, the historians, and then tells us a little bit about women who made New York over the years um, in each category. And there's a little bit of an illustration in there, and I think it's beautiful. Wow. That sounds very cool. The Women Who Made New York. Is that a is that a subway found, or do you found it yourself in your own life? Found it myself. Greenlight Books. Oh. Hey, hey they just opened their new their new location. Oh, yeah. I haven't Ooh, gone yet. True. Have you? No. Uh, I, I, I stopped in. It's beautiful. Nice. I'm so excited for a new bookstore. And there's another new bookstore coming. Yes. Oh, yes. Books are magic. Yeah. Books are magic. With we need it. Bless Emma Straub. Bless. Yes. We we need we need some magic. We need all the types of magic. We need Christmas magic. <laughs> we need bookstore magic. We need some New Year magic. Uh, witchy magic. Rock and roll magic. Subway magic. Sorry. No, that's. <laughs> I like. I like you MTA. on brand. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know if I like Drew on brand. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. This has been a lovely year with you all. Um, the Regardless Indeed. of what's happened this year um, in any other arena, uh, sitting down and talking with Drew and, and our authors and Uli and, and everybody um, has been the highlight. Yeah, it has. A it, constant highlight. It's been a very nice way to get away for a little while. Yes. So to 2017, right? To yeah. 2017. Out into the world. Cheers. 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 Uh, we can actually cheers. Yeah. Yeah. We won't send you out into the cold without, um, without at least talking about a little bit of wishes some christmas magic or, or any sort of magic do you have a wish for the year 
for 2017. A wish for 2017? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Good. Maybe I'll think of one too. Yeah, Dr- I can think of one. Yeah. Do we tell them? Oh, yeah. Can we go on three? Maybe we do one, two, three, and then we all wish together. Us and the listeners and everyone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. All right. One, two, three. For a little... Oh. <laughs> In silence. No, it's good. It's I think good. we take a I silent think, moment. I think, that's, I think I like that end. Yeah, that's probably worth it. I think that's I'm pretty funny. I'm just going to go die in the snow. <laughs>